Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Did you know that the self-help industry will exceed over $13 billion in the next year? Why do self-help books continue to be so popular? I think it's because most of us realize there's a gap between where and who I am and where and who I want to be. Personally, I think there's some great principles in self-help books, but they must not be enough because we keep having to buy more of them. Well, today we're in episode two of Empower. And last week we discovered that Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead, the Holy Spirit did. But this wasn't just about Jesus's story in life. This was also about our story in life. And hence this huge claim which is driving our entire series given to us by the Apostle Paul. And here's what Paul writes. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power. Now that word for power is where we get our word dynamite. It's this idea of this explosive power for us who believe. That same explosive power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And so Paul's huge claim is this, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you because the same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus lives in you if you follow Jesus. We need more than self to close this gap. We need power to close this gap. So the question we're asking is, well, how do we access that? If you're not a Christian, you're probably a little bit skeptical and rightfully so. But if it's true, this should make you curious because this is way better than self-help. And if you are a Christian, we don't want to live our lives missing out on this. Well, let's head out of this atmosphere for an idea. Jim Lovell was one of the three astronauts on Apollo 8, the first manned mission to the moon. When Lovell and his two other astronaut partners entered the lunar orbit on Christmas Eve 1968, they conducted a live TV broadcast showing pictures of the Earth and the Moon as seen from their spacecraft. I want you to fast forward two years, and it's April 17, 1970. Lovell has joined astronauts Fred Hayes and Jack Swigert for the Apollo 13 mission. A routine stir of an oxygen tank ignited a spark, damaging wire insulation inside of it. As a result, they didn't have enough power needed for breathing and generating electrical power. So, the mission is, of course, aborted. Well, they now move to the lunar module that was designed to touch down on the moon to conserve energy and act as a lifeboat back to Earth. The problem? The lunar module was designed to support two men for two days. They now needed it to support three men for four days. Well, this wasn't the only problem. Back at Mission Control, they list a series of potential problems. Copyright laws prohibit the Ridge from showing movie clips and rebroadcasts. Guests of our live stream saw footage from the movie Apollo 13, where astronauts Jim Lovell, Fred Hayes, and Jack Swigert face numerous problems as they prepare for re-entry into Earth's atmosphere. So things were completely out of their control. Put yourself in their suits for a minute. 
As we talked about last week, this is precisely what Jesus did when he entered the Earth's atmosphere. He volunteered for the assignment to provide the only way humanity could come back into a relationship with God that was lost in the Garden of Eden. And when Jesus came, he left behind what I call the three omnis. Now, now what is that? Well, the first one is he left behind his omnipresence. He could only be in one place at one time. His, he also left behind his omniscience. He didn't know everything. And he left behind his omnipotence. He didn't have access to this divine power. Now, we don't use words like this that much, so I want to dare you to use those words at your next party and see if you're invited back. Jesus was completely in a vulnerable situation. Why? He wanted to fully identify with our weaknesses. He wanted to show us the way to tap into the same power that raised him from the dead. And if we want to tap into that same power too, we must put ourselves in a vulnerable position. Jesus emptied himself of control. Here's what we need to do. And this is what we're going to talk about today. We must empty ourselves of the illusion of control. Jesus actually had control over all things. We were never in control, even though we think we are, but it's just an illusion. Personally, I struggle with control issues. If you're ever at my house, I control the remote control to the TV. If I'm with a group of, of people and we're going on a trip, I usually drive because I don't trust you to drive because I don't think you're going to drive good enough and fast enough. If I'm at your house, I've been known to start grilling dinner on your grill and then start cleaning up when everyone is done at your house. See, I'm a control freak. And most of us struggle with control issues to some degree. You know, we think we're in control, but the reality is we have very little control over things. Let me just list for you. Some of the things we don't have any control over, but we live as if we do. Uh, the economy, and that includes the stock market. The weather. I mean, if you live in Wisconsin, I don't know about you, I would love to control the weather from November to March. Another thing is our health. We, we can't control if, if we get cancer or other illnesses. Here's another big one. Decisions other people make. As your, as your kids get older, I mean, you can't control the decisions they make. You know, in your workplace, the decisions your, your boss makes or other coworkers make, we have no control over that. And you can't control if she's going to say yes or if he will remain faithful. And listen, I could just go on and on and on. We live as if we're in control over way more than we really are, but it's not real. What is real is that there is very little we have control over. So giving up even the illusion of control is super hard for most of us. But if we want to tap into the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, this is the first step. How many times do you think the Bible challenges us to not be afraid? The answer is both interesting and I, I don't think coincidental. The answer? 365 times. That is one for every day of the year, not including leap year. I think that this suggests that this is not a one and done declaration but something we must declare every single day. Well, let's look at one of those 365 times where Jesus invited the disciples not to be afraid in a situation where they had every reason to be. Uh, this story is found in the New Testament book of Mark. And if you're not a Bible person, Mark is one of the four biographies we have of Jesus. Most scholars believe that Mark served as, as kind of an assistant to the apostle Peter. And because Peter probably couldn't write, he had Mark record all these encounters he had with Jesus. And so as we read this story, keep in mind that we are seeing this through the eyes of Peter himself. Now, a little background. 
Jesus had just finished teaching a large crowd by the Sea of Galilee. And when he's done, he said to his disciples, hey, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So that's exactly what they did. Here's how, here's how Mark records it. He says this, a furious squall came up. And, and a squall just means that it was a dangerous storm. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And so, as you can picture this, things aren't looking good for them. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. What a great scene this is. There's this dangerous storm threatening everybody's life, and Jesus is fast asleep. Well, the disciples, they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? I mean, isn't this what we do? Uh, we're experiencing a storm in our life, and we're like, Hey, God, are you asleep? God, don't you even care? And he got up rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, and then listen to these two questions he asks them. Listen to these. Why are you so afraid? And do you still have no faith? Literally, do you still not trust me? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And so they went from being afraid of the storm to being afraid of Jesus. We see in this story two different reactions to the same storm. And for the longest time, I just thought Jesus wasn't afraid because, well, he was God. So he knew the storm was coming and he knew he would calm the storm. I mean, he knew the outcome. So of course he could nap during a typhoon. And this is why I was always confused at the questions he asked the disciples. It's like, okay, Jesus, if I were you, I wouldn't be afraid either. But it's important for us to remember that even though Jesus was God, he emptied himself of his three omnis that we talked about earlier. So this meant that he emptied himself of not only control over nature, he also emptied himself of knowing that the storm was coming and knowing how it would turn out. In other words, he found himself in the same situation as his disciples, a situation that was beyond his control, and yet he was able to take a nap. So here's the principle we need to walk away with today. We can empty ourselves of the illusion of control when we trust that God is bigger than our fears. This idea of illusion of control. When the COVID storm hit our world and everything started shutting down, it created all sorts of fear and anxiety in, I would guess, all of our lives. I mean, it sure did mine. And the reason is because the illusion of control became very real to us at that time. I mean, we thought we had all this control in our lives. And then like that, a virus exposed how little control we really have. We can empty ourselves of the illusion of control when we trust. Jesus was trusting in the power of God the Father and the Holy Spirit to just calm the storm. And he's inviting us to do the very same thing, to place our trust in the hands of the one who has complete and total control. So the question we need to ask is, well, how do we give control over to God? And as we answer this question, the image I want you to think about is a person who's trying to rescue someone who's drowning. The victim's in instinct is to just fight and struggle instead of relaxing so the rescuer can take over. But if the drowning person fails to surrender control, the victim cannot be rescued. And you know what? If we don't surrender control, the same can be true for us. So how do we do that? Well, two things. The first thing is we need to control what we can control. Now, I know what you might be thinking. You want me to give over control by controlling more? 
Many of us have this idea that giving up control means we don't have any part in things. You know, you'll often hear people say this, let go and let God, which for many just means stand back and do nothing. But God has given us the capacity and the responsibility to have a part in things. So up front, we need to distinguish between the things I can control and I can't control. And in any situation, there are things that we can. Here's some things that are in your control. I just kind of made a list of things. Think about this, eating healthy and exercising, investing in good, healthy relationships, nurturing a, a vibrant spiritual life, working hard and with a good attitude, managing your money wisely, avoiding unhealthy relationships, seeking help for your addiction or other, other issues. The things I can control, I take responsibility for those. The things I can't, then I have to do this second thing. And the second thing is this, we need to transfer control of the rest over to God. If you want to experience the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, then we must follow the pattern of Jesus. And as we said earlier, Jesus put himself in a vulnerable position and emptying himself of control. We must daily, and it's a daily thing, must daily do the same thing. So whether you feel like you're in the middle of a storm or things are going just fine for you right now, I want to invite you to do a spiritual exercise with me that you can do every single day. And I think this will go a long way in helping you turn the illusion of control of your life over to God because we trust He is bigger than our fears. And so here, here's what I want you to do. I first want you to just clench your fists like this as tightly as you can. And I want you to squeeze a little harder, let that tension kind of run up your arms as your body connects with the brokenness in, in your spirit. Now, I just want you, as you're, as you're squeezing like this, tell God the fear or the tension, the worry, the anxiety you are experiencing. You know, Peter, who we looked at his story later, said, cast all your cares on him. This is what we are doing here. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn your palm upwards like this and then open them. I mean, just kind of just release all that tension. As you're doing that, acknowledge your inability to deal with what you're facing in your own power. Kind of take a deep breath, maybe do one more. And then as you're doing that, God, I am powerless to handle this on my own. I need your help. And I want you to do one more thing. I want you to turn your open palms. I want you to turn them facing down like this. This symbolizes letting go of all you've been holding on to. And as you're doing this, Say this prayer out loud, God, I am trusting in you. I'm trusting in you alone to see me through this. Now stay in this just kind of for a moment. Once again, just kind of breathe in and breathe out and let the Holy Spirit confirm with your spirit that God's got you because you know what? He's got you. You know, another thing that you can do, and this is something that, that I've been doing a lot lately, is uh, I take a notebook out, take a sheet of paper, and uh, I have two columns. One is my control and God's control. And then I'll just make a list in this particular situation of here are the things that I'm responsible for. Here are the things that I can control. And then on the other side, I list the things of here's what God can control. And I'm telling you, as I do that along with the hand exercises, it just gives me a great perspective on just all the things that I need to transfer control over to God. How did things turn out? For Jim Lovell and his astronaut friends on Apollo 13? Well, let's watch and find out. Copyright laws prohibit the Ridge from showing movie clips and rebroadcasts.
Guests of our live stream saw footage from the movie Apollo 13, where mission control and viewers anxiously await to hear from astronauts Jim Lovell, Fred Hayes, and Jack Swigert following a problematic re-entry into Earth's atmosphere. That was April 17th, 1970. Jim is now 92 years old, if you can believe it. How will things turn out for you? Here's what will happen. Unlike the disciples in the boat with Jesus, you won't be afraid or be as afraid. And instead of having no faith, your faith will actually grow because you'll discover life is so much better when we give God control. And you know what? You might even be able to take a nap during it. So would you be willing to keep emptying yourself of the illusion of control? And you know this, listen, it's an illusion. I mean, you keep trying to keep the pieces of your life in place and then stuff happens and then you try harder and you try harder, but it only creates more anxiety and more fear. And listen, it's exhausting because most of these things, they're out of your control anyway. So would you be willing to keep emptying yourself of the illusion of control and instead hand over control? to the only one who is in control, your heavenly father. It might be hard to do, and you know what? I know it's still hard for control freaks like me, but it's the most empowered place to live. Let me pray for us, and as you do that, I want us to walk through that exercise together. So I want you to kind of hold your fists like this again. And uh, as I pray, I want you to think about that thing that's that's creating, or that relationship that's creating anxiety and fear in your life right now. And then as we pray about that, I'm just going to kind of walk us through the exercise. And so, Father, um, right now, I am worried about maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job situation, maybe it's a kid situation, maybe it's a health or financial situation. And so, Father, this is what's causing tension. This is what's causing worry. This is what's causing fear in my life right now. And so, Father, I open my palms towards you, and I admit that I have very little control over the outcome of this. And God, I, I take my responsibility in this, but now I'm going to begin to hand over control to you because, God, I am powerless in most of it anyways. And then I want you to have your palms face down. And Father, I hand over control to you. God, I know that this is the very, very best place to be. And everything in me wants to grab control of it again because, God, honestly, I think I know what's best and I think that I have the best outcome. But, God, I give this over to you. And I thank you that you are concerned with every detail of our lives. No matter what it is, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, you are concerned. So, Father, uh, on a daily basis... May I hand over control, give you control of the things that are already in your control anyways. And God, help me to be responsible and wise with the things that are in my control. Father, um, our heart's desire is to live the empowered life. And we know that we can't do that as long as we're trying to take uh, control of the things that God, you were created to be in control of. So help us to do that today and in this upcoming week. And as we journey through this series together, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.